Well, earlier today, our provincial government announced that steps are being taken to make workplaces for healthcare workers safer, both for healthcare workers and patients. They are introducing a new security model, and this is going to be across all health authorities, hiring more protection services employees and expanding funding to something called Switch BC. And this is a new organization that focuses on workplace safety. The government announcing that there will be 320 in-house protection service officers, as well as 14 violence prevention leads, all to be hired, again, to help create safer environments for staff and patients. Well, joining us to talk more about what this will look like is Amon Graywall, the president of the BC Nurses Union. Amon, thank you so much for taking some time with us. Thank you for having me. Uh, what do you think this will do or how will this tackle as far as making uh, healthcare work settings safer for both patients and for employees, including nurses? Well, uh, you know, we have been asking for this for quite a significant amount of time. And uh, it's welcome news because, you know, at the moment, it's our nurses who and other allied healthcare workers who respond to these violent situations and so to have our members not be in the line of fire, so to speak, in terms of uh, having to deal with the aggressive, violent patient, uh, if a code white is called, um, and having security officers doing that uh, as their mandate, uh, that is welcome news because our nurses are getting injured. And our things, I know the BCNU has done ad campaigns about this and, and educational campaigns about the issues of violence in the workplace. Uh, have things been getting worse for nurses and for healthcare workers or, or how would you describe the, the kind of the environment right now? Things have definitely been worsening and especially throughout the pandemic, um, the amount of verbal and physical abuse has been increasing and, um, Nurses reported a 35% increase in the amount of severity of violence in their workplace between the first and third waves of the pandemic. And is it patients that are that that come in and they're they're in an agitated state, or or what? Can you can you talk about what that looks like as far as violence against nurses? Thank you. Yes, it could be any combination. It could be the patient. It could be a family member. It could be a visitor. You don't know who is coming at you um, with a violent uh, incident. Um, You know, you could have the patient that's upset because uh, a treatment isn't being done or um, they're in a pain crisis and they're lashing out because of that. Or it might be either a psychological or mental health issue, or it may be also that there is substance use involved. So you have those situations, but then you also have visitors and family members who will also uh, perpetrate these uh, acts on our staff, our nurses. And so in that scenario, as as you said, when a code white is called, what is the protocol now as far as when a nurse is in a situation where the nurse feels that safety is is compromised? So when a code white is called, you normally have a response if you have a code white team at your facility, the code white team, which comprises of uh, different members of the healthcare team, uh, responding, you may have security guards 
that come to the situation as well, but they're not hands-on. So it is the nurse or the other allied health professionals who have to be the hands-on with the nurse giving the, is usually the lead in this and uh, giving the directions to others as to what to do. But security is not hands-on. With the security officers, they will be able to uh, be hands-on um, if they are able in their role to be able to handcuff and restrain somebody um, that w- or even have any powers eventually under um, the legal um, aspects of it as to um, what they can do with that, uh, that's still to be seen. Hmm. So, so if in a scenario right now, when, when a code white is called, so a violent mm-hmm. person is is threatening or is or is jeopardizing the safety of a nurse, and and some and somebody calls security in that scenario, so the security person comes, but if they're not hands on, what what is the role of the security person? Yeah, and that's what we as nurses ask as well, because I've been on a code white team many times and um, you call security stat uh, code white is called overhead and um, people respond if they are available to respond and um, when you get there then security unfortunately is not able to touch the patient so they stand by um, but take direction from the nurse lead but even a, so if a nurse was it just seems so strange that you have a security person uh, even mm-hmm. the name security and it sounds mm-hmm. like they're not providing security at all if they can come and watch what as the nurse then tries to subdue the patient or or diffuse the situation yes that that does seem like a, a huge huge gap so the difference mm-hmm. then with the, the 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 announcement today and with these new protection i want to make sure i have the phrase correctly protection services officers so will these officers then uh, nurses in danger calls a code white a protection services officer arrives will that person be able to intervene yes so that is my understanding is that they will be able to intervene use the escalation techniques Um, trauma-informed techniques, as well as if they need to go hands-on and to restrain the patient, um, subdue the patient in terms of handcuffing them, etc. That that is what they will be able to do. Oftentimes, um, if you do have a patient uh, in a mental health crisis and they need to be medicated, that's where then the nurse would be able to come and provide the medications that have been ordered by the physician to um, be able to provide treatment to that patient, not having to also deal with restraining the patient. Nurse will be able to do the nursing duties, which are to provide the treatment, and security will be the one that will be doing the uh, restraining all right. Well, these workers then, do you think, are they going to take the place of security guards or will they be in addition to? I believe they're going to be in addition to uh, what is already existing because we do have roles for security guards that uh, if they're monitoring the premises or we have uh, patients that are often uh at risk for violence that could have somebody that is monitoring them 
uh, you may we call them a security sitter. And uh, so you would have a security sitter that uh, stays with the patient and monitors and uh, is following them alongside them. They know that they're being followed, but they're with them. Uh, but they're um, not, you know, out and about uh, without somebody just maintaining the peace. Right. Okay. Does it happen very often then in a scenario? So until this is in place, though, and and under the current model where security is called but can't really do anything, does it happen very often that police are called? Yes, especially in the rural areas where um, they don't have security uh, guards or officers of any sort. And, uh, And they're called so many different things throughout the province that standardizing the language as to what they're called is also very important. But um, you could have someone in rural BC that does not have any security presence and there's a violent incident taking place, you call 911 or whatever they are using, their system, and uh, the police may be in another uh, area of their jurisdiction and it may take them half an hour to get to the facility. So in that time... It is the staff that are having to uh, deal with the situation. And I have heard of a few times where they have barricaded themselves to protect themselves. Hmm. Uh, And so getting back to these numbers, and uh, I think the idea being that they will be in place by the fall of 2023. So still a ways to go as far as training and bringing these new uh, protections officers on. Uh, Do you think it's enough then, the the number that the BC government put out today, 320 in-house protection services officers, as well as 14 violence prevention leads, which I'm not 100% sure what that means. But do you think this is enough to fully protect healthcare workers? Um, Well, it's 26 sites. So, um, no, it's not enough, but it's a start that uh, we get this going as fast as possible, and then we increase it to the entire province uh, moving forward. That is what I would like to see, is that this is incorporated throughout the province, that every site has uh, protection service officers. And how are they picking? Do you, do you know how they're going to pick the first 26 healthcare sites that will get this? So um, we as BCNU and the other uh, unions were also consulted as to um, which are the high-risk uh, sites that we're hearing about from where injuries are taking place and increased violence is taking place. And so uh, we were able to provide... Um, sites that we have heard uh, from our members that have increased uh, violence. And so we submitted our lists, and I'm sure that the others submitted lists that are similar to ours. And um, then it was originally 22 sites, and the government came back and added four more sites to that. So we have 26 sites now. All right. Do you know which sites in Metro Vancouver then would be on the list? I believe um, in uh, so Burnaby, RCH, Sir Memorial, Peace Arch, Langley, um, VGH, St. Paul's, uh, Mount St. Joseph, Lionsgate, Richmond. Those are just some of the ones that I have heard of. 
All right. Well, Amon, thank you so much for joining us and for bringing us up to date on the announcement. Uh, Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.